This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The beer is cold and the wings are hot. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Vitaglia on the Sports Leader. 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. He's one of our favorites. Love talking Jets. With Dan Leberfeld from Jets Confidential, the only guy that I feel like I have to I have to apologize for having a, a title with my associate. Most people are proud. Now Now I feel shame whenever you should feel Dan shame, Leberfeld yeah. you know, calls me Reege for having a, a title. Dan, good to have you on with us, buddy. How you been? Well, I'm, ha- I'm happy about your title. I'm also happy about that new announcer on the show. What a great voice. Uh, the guy that introduced you guys. Oh, uh, Paul, Paul Kelly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's the same guy as the, the fan, right? Danger? Yeah, like, he's yeah, fan the, in Ro- yeah, uh, the fan, fan in New, New York. York. Yeah. yeah, like we're moving up here, Dan, and everything in Rochester. This is where it's happening, bud. I wish I had pipes like that. Dan, you are uh, around. Uh, you've been covering the team now uh, since 94. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, but you were certainly around in 2009 when uh, the cameras went in uh, for Hard Knocks, but uh, that was entertaining. Our, our expectations should not be that uh, this time around, correct? Uh, this should be a kind of of a different version? I, You know, I think uh, they're pretty creative in NFL films. I, I think that even with some restrictions and Adam Schefter reported that players will not be cut on camera. You know, when the Turk knocks on the door in training camp, when players are released and they're told the bad news, you'd often see those interactions on hard knocks. According to ESPN's Adam Schefter, the jets are not going to allow that. Okay. So that's out. But to me, there's so much intrigue with this team. There's so many characters on this team that even if you, get rid of cutting people on camera, I still think it could be a very entertaining show. I think of the last time that the Jets were the subject of hard knocks, it was Rex Ryan, and they made it to the AFC Championship that year, and it really felt like Rex you know, kind of played with the show, knowing that he's this big personality. He leaned into it a little bit more. Do you think Robert Sala has... Do you think Robert Sala will, will kind of fight against the cameras, or do you think he'll lean into it a little bit the way we saw Rex? Because Robert Sala, all accounts are, he's a damn good head coach and a, a big personality that with his teammates, I mean, or with his team. What what do you think you get out of Robert Sala as kind of like the, the face of hard knocks? Well, he doesn't want to do it, so you, know, you, you take that as the default setting. He had that famous quote, you guys saw it, in early June where he said, 
I didn't agree with this quote, the first line I'm going to say, but I understand why he said it. There are several teams that would like to do hard knocks, but we're not one of them. I understand he was, you know, maybe he's being hyperbolic. There were several teams that wanted to do it. I don't think there are several no. teams that want to do it, uh, but I understand what he was doing there. So he doesn't want to do it. So I don't know if he's going to lean into it, but he's a very nice guy, very classy guy. And he'll, he'll cooperate to a degree, but he doesn't want to do it. He likes, and I, I tweeted this quote before, because he loves this quote from the, the great life coach and educator Stephen Covey, the late Stephen Covey, who once said, you got to make the main thing the main thing. Robert Sala says that all the time. So what he's saying is preparing on the football field to have a really good team and focusing on fundamentals and learning the playbook. That's the main thing, not doing reality shows. Dan, from 09, did you, when you were covering that team in, in Cortland, did you notice anything different? Did you notice the players acting a little differently in front of the cameras? What is it like when you are in a setting where the cameras are constantly rolling like that? Well, I don't know if they acted differently or the same. Uh, I can't remember that, but one thing I do remember, and you guys might recall this when I bring it up, was that there was a shot during a scene a per, in a personnel meeting where they were talking about certain players they like, certain players they might move on from. And in the background, there was a depth chart. There was their in-season, in-house depth yeah. chart of where they viewed players. And it wasn't totally clear. And this was during the early stages of Twitter, but people on social media were blowing it up and, and trying to figure out, you know, what the depth chart said, and they were able to figure out some things. So that's why teams don't like doing hard knocks. You're letting the cameras into your inner sanctum, and, and obviously you want to avoid having a depth chart in the back of a scene being shot by HBO. So, Dan, out of all the teams that were eligible, the Jets made the most sense because of Aaron Rodgers being acquired this offseason. I'm just curious, as somebody who covers a team, what life has been like now with Aaron Rodgers as a part of the New York Jets. It, it at least give, it looks like he's given the appearance of being a really good teammate, a really, really good soldier, showing up for work every day and doing everything that's been asked of him. Yeah, I wonder, you know, it would be great for Hard Knocks if he maybe has a scene where he drinks that, uh, I don't want to say it wrong, Ayahuasca, what's that scene <laughs> called? With the yeah, yeah. yeah, that's That'll right. That'll be an interesting scene. And how about another scene in the dark? Uh, you know, like the great singer from central New York, Ronnie Dio, you know, the rainbow in the dark, right? Yeah. Uh, how about a scene where Aaron Rodgers, they interview him in a dark room. What do you think? <laughs> Listen, I, I think you should be producing yeah. hard knocks, Dan. That's what it sounds like. You're in the wrong field. Well, I'll tell you what, the, the, the last, the last thing the jets would want is me producing hard knocks. I'd say, you know what? You might want to talk to that guy over. I'll bring up ideas that they don't want HBO to know about because <laughs> I've been around there way too long, and as they say, I know where the bodies are buried, right? Dan Leberfeld, Jets Confidential, um, where you haven't really had a quarterback like this in terms of fame and just everything else coming in. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the adjustment to dealing with the New York media, because in Green Bay, you kind of have your way if you're Aaron Rodgers. Nobody's going to question you on everything. So how do you think, are we making too much of this, Dan? Or the first time that Aaron Rodgers maybe isn't authentic or maybe is kind of you know, talking out of both sides of his mouth. How do you see this going when we get to that point when Rodgers might get called out on something? You know, you make a great point, Gene, and 
I know you're a big fan of the magazine Jets Confidential. You used to work with us on it a long, long time ago. It's funny, some we were like the cradle of broadcasters. Think about it. You got Mike Shope from Buffalo. He worked for the company that produces Jets Confidential, American Sports Media out of Rochester. And then uh, Gene Battaglia did some work. Wait you know, a we, second. We Chris Brown these, is uh, ahead of me on that. So you got Brownie in there too, Dan. I, that's right. I, I can't believe I left him out. So Chris Brown as well. So we produced a lot of talent out of that place. And uh, you know, when you look at the New York media thing, right, I wrote about it in the issue that actually comes out today of Jets Confidential. It, now the New York media is now overrated as far as being tough. There's no question there was a time it was the toughest market. I'm not going to argue with you on that. But I don't think it's anywhere near what it used to be. And I see things in press conferences with things that should be asked that not are at, that are not asked. I think we're living in an era now where you see a lot of Twitter tough guys. But when it comes to face-to-face questions for players or coaches, those same Twitter tough guys, they're lobbing softballs, man. So this is not the tough market it used to be. Now, Gene, as a guy that went to Fordham, you remember this well, um, the back pages of the tabloids, that's where the problem might lie. Not in tough questions in press conferences or tough columns. There are hardly any New York sports columnists left anyway. I don't know if you know this, but Ian O'Connor, the great columnist, he's not with the New York Post anymore. He left to write books. So there are not a lot of sports columnists here. So the back pages of the tabloids for the uninitiated is where they write those crazy back pages and they they can really be pretty mean-spirited. I remember once the Jets fired one coach and hired another, and the back page said, dumb and dumber. Uh, another time, Rex Ryan, when they had Tim Tebow and Mark Sanchez, they had Rex Ryan, Tim Tebow, and Mark Sanchez in a clown car with red noses. Uh, and, and one of them was dressed like Homie the Clown. So to me, the problem could be the back pages of the tabloids. I I don't think the New York market is much tougher than many other NFL markets at this stage of history. Dan, Quinn and Williams got his in an extension last week, and there's a, a fear uh, about paying the big man that, that exists within the NFL, that sometimes you, you pay the big man and you don't get a return on that investment because they make their money, and then they kind of coast the rest of their career. Did that fear exist with Quinn and Williams coming off of a career year? What kind of character are we talking about here, and is he worth that money I mean, based off of one really good season last year? Well, as far as the big man theory, he's not that big, so that might help. He is not, you know, like Dexter Lawrence of the New York football Giants, you know, 6'4", 345. He's more like Ed Oliver. And Ed Oliver and Quinn Williams have, they play defensive tackle, but they're both like 370, 380, and quick and athletic off the ball. So they're not the kind of players those smaller, quicker defensive tackles that generally, you know, put on a lot of weight and like those huge offensive and defensive linemen that sometimes get paid. So I don't think that's the problem. To me, the problem is this, and no one seems to agree with me in this whole market, and I am not disrespecting Quinn Williams, who is a heck of a player and deserved to get a big contract. I just, I think he's a tremendous interior pass rusher. I think he's a pedestrian run defender. I don't know how you guys feel, but at Oliver, the problem isn't toughness. The problem isn't want to. The problem is being 280. And if they don't jump into the gaps off the snap, 
with their top shelf quickness, a guy like Oliver, a guy like Williams, they often get engulfed by 320-pound guards and centers. And this wasn't all Quinn and Williams' fault, but the Jets gave up a lot of big runs up the middle. So don't get me wrong, Quinn and Williams deserved a huge contract, but I don't know if it should have been more than Jeffrey Simmons or, or, or Dexter Lawrence because I remember when the Jets had a defensive tackle named Mo Wilkerson, and he was really good as an interior pass rusher and as a run stuffer. You couldn't run at him. You couldn't run at Quentin Williams, so that would be my concern. The interior pass rushing will be outstanding. He makes some really good plays against the run when he you know, jumps into the gaps before the guard. But if he gets engulfed, if the offensive lineman gets his hands on him, the guy outweighs him by 40 pounds, sometimes that could be run defense issues. So that would be my concern more than the big contract. Jets Confidential Editor uh, Dan Leberfeld, our guest here in the sports bar. Dan, when I look at the Jets, I don't really have many concerns from the outside. I don't have any concerns on the, uh, on the defense. Aaron Rodgers, I think you know what you're getting there. You have uh, additions to the wide receiving core, the skill position. It's not fun to talk about, but how important is it that the Jets actually figure out the offensive line? Because I look at somebody like Becton that maybe hasn't lived up to the promise. What are your thoughts here on who's going to be protecting Aaron Rodgers this year? You know, the, the dangling carrot of a contract year is one of the great motivators in all sports. And it's no secret, Quinnen Williams, excuse me, Quinnen, Mackay Becton is not thrilled with the fact that he's probably going to have to play right tackle. He prefers to play left tackle. But they have Dwayne Brown, uh, the veteran, played for Seattle and Houston before the Jets. He has not played right tackle at any point during his 17-year NFL career. And I asked him in the OTAs, like, about that. He goes, the last time I played right tackle, I was a junior at Virginia Tech. So I think that's Dwayne Brown's classy way of saying, you know what, I don't think I want to do that. So I think uh, Makai Becton is going to be the right tackle. He's not happy about it. He tweeted during the rookie minicamp. He wasn't participating, but it was actually during the rookie minicamp. The tweet came out, I period, M period, A period, left period, tackle period. <laughs> Emphasis. So he made that clear. And um, and then he blamed the Jets. This is a wild story in Newsday for his right knee injury last year because he said that's because they forced me to play right tackle and I had to favor my surgical knee. He had hurt his right knee the year before also. And that, that couldn't have made people in the building very happy. However, he has no choice but to go out there and kick butt this year, play great, dominate, whatever his position is. If he wants to get that monster contract, in 2024, whether it's from the Jets, who didn't give him the fifth-year option, whether it's from the Jets or whether it's from another team. So he can be mad at them all he wants, guys, but it's in his best interest to go out there, stay healthy, and dominate. So I think that's what you'd expect him to try to do this year. I think this line should be fine. The guards are very good, Elijah Vera Tucker and Lakin Tomlinson. The center is going to either be Connor McGovern, the other Connor McGovern, who started for them the last three years, or Joe Tippman, who perhaps was the best center in the draft. Dwayne Brown is a very solid left tackle who knows what he's doing out there. So if they stay healthy, which is the caveat for every line in the league, the line should be very good. Dan, yeah, what about Brees Hall and his recovery from the ACL? What are we hearing this offseason, and, and do we project to, to see him right out of the gate week one looking as uh, explosive and as sharp as he looked last year as a rookie? It's very hard to tell because in the spring uh, they were very careful with him. He was in bubble wrap. 
working on the rehab field the whole time. So it's hard for me to say how he's doing. I mean, he was running full speed. He was cutting full speed. But I'd have to think that he'll be on a pitch count at the beginning of the year because they want to be careful with this guy who's clearly an elite talent. And it might have challenged Garrett Wilson, the Jets receiver for rookie of the year, if Brees didn't hurt his knee in Denver. So they're going to be careful with him. They might need to add another running back because they lost a, a running back in the spring named Ty Johnson, who was in their rotation at the University of Maryland, former Detroit Lions. He had a non-football injury where he tore a peck working out on his own, and they waived him injured. Or they gave him a non-football injury settlement uh, or whatever, however that works. I always find those non-football injury things weird when you're working out football and they call it a non-football injury. But uh, I digress. So Ty Johnson's not there. They have the rookie, Izzy Abanaconda, who is a rookie. And Bam Knight, another running back, is coming off an injury as well. So, you know, people talk about maybe Dalvin Cook, maybe Ezekiel Elliott. I think they probably need to add another veteran to that running back room. Dan, I'm looking at the Jets' schedule, and I think that the NFL wanted to just get these marquee matchups right at the beginning of the season. It's a tough start there. Monday night at home against Buffalo, at Dallas, then you get Belichick at home, then you get the defending champs at home, you've got to go to Denver, and look, that's Sean Payton. You would think they're going to be improved, and then you take the NFC champions at home, Philadelphia bye week, and then you're the road team technically in your own stadium against the Giants. And the Chargers. Those those are the opening eight games, so everybody knows. Today, uh, if you're a Jets fan, would you sign up for four and four as a record coming out after eight games? Yeah, especially with that schedule. You know, the the NFL has not been very kind to the Jets over the last few months with that schedule being so top heavy. Think about it. When you have a new quarterback or you have a lot of new players, which the Jets have. The early part of the season is the most challenging part as you try to come together because training camps, you can't do nearly as much as you used to during two-a-days. So some people argue that September is almost like an extension of training camp as teams try to get the kinks out. So think about what the league office did to the Jets. They forced them on hard knocks against their will, and then they make their schedule top-heavy in a season where the Jets could have issues early on not because of a lack of talent, but a lack of continuity with a new quarterback and, and all kinds of new pieces. You look at that situation, you're like, why would the league do that to him, to them? Maybe they obviously they wanted the marquee matchups with Aaron Rodgers, but not a favorable schedule when you look at some of the opponents early in the year. Dan, it's always great catching up with you to talk New York Jets, and I know we're going to you know, get a chance to talk to you here at the end of training camp before week one, before we let you go. I wanted to make sure you have plenty of time to tell our audience about Jets Confidential and all the work that you're doing here in the preseason. Yeah, we got a big issue coming out right now. Uh, it should be at the, I used to say on newsstands, Gene and, and Reach, but uh, newsstands, you talk, people in their 20s might not know what we're talking about. Uh, it's like when I went into a sporting goods store and I said, do you have knapsacks? And the clerk didn't know what the heck I was talking about. A backpack, for the for those that don't know. So I won't say it's going to be on newsstands at the end of the week. I'll say it'll be on, at convenience stores. Ah. Everybody understands that, right, guys? Sure. They have a newsstand yeah. in Wegmans. You can say that. As you're checking out, I look over, and that's where I usually see Jets Confidential, Dan. So we'll be looking at Okay, out. so at all yeah. the Wegmans, and you guys... Uh, you shouldn't have brought up Wegmans because now you're going to 
get a, a two-minute harangue on how great they are. Oh. Uh, we have a Wegmans now by me in New Jersey. Guys, it's a transformative experience for one's life. It really is. The Wegmans in their neighborhood. And thank you, Rochester, New York, for bringing this gift to America. Uh, what a great supermarket. Love going in there every time. And I love that newsstand, Gene, as you mentioned, where they put the Bills Digest and they put the Jets Confidential. So that issue will be out later this week. And for anyone that wants to subscribe and get it sent to their mailbox, people know what mailboxes are, guys, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. The mail, get to subscribe. To Jets Confidential, a must-read for Jets fans, as I say, with so much good stuff from outside the echo chamber. You ever notice these guys, days, these days, guys, when you Google a team, 10 stories come up and everybody wrote about the same thing? So we stay outside of that echo chamber. All kinds of great stuff you won't read anywhere else. If you want to subscribe to Jets Confidential, you could call our Rochester-based office at one 800 932 That's 1-800-932-4557. Or go to com, and that's how you can order Jets Confidential. And Gene, thank you so much for all that plug time. Uh, that was actually reach who uh, you know set yeah, as a regional that, so, brand yeah. manager. I understand the importance of having a guest on and allowing them to hawk their wares. And I appreciate you giving us that time today, Dan. Well, thank you, Regent. I was trying to plug one of your sponsors. All I can do for you, coming out of the commercial, I heard Total Wine. So, uh, uh, well, I don't know if that's a here's national what, or local. What we'll do, Dan, is you come up to Victor the next time. We will take you to Good Smoke Barbecue, and we will feast. How's that? Okay. Uh-huh. Is that in Victor? Uh, East Rochester, not far. Okay. Oh, that'll be great. I promise this year I'm coming up. You know why I didn't come up last year? It was a very good excuse. You had, I got the dreaded COVID yeah, that you week. Got the, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I promise I will see Gene and Reach this year, and we'll make that happen. You're the best, Dad. Appreciate Thanks, the time, Dad. buddy. Anytime, guys. See ya. There he is, Dan Leiberfeld, Jets Confidential, Sirius XM. <laughs> you mentioned uh, good smoke. We'll, we'll, uh, am, am I allowed to call you Reach? No. <laughs> come on. Why would you? I don't. I like that it's an inside joke between the three of us, but nobody knows why he calls me Reed. Right. We have to reset every time That's, he says Reed. Like I'm, I'm aware that our show sometimes is like a bunch of inside jokes. Sometimes, yeah. but if you listen often enough, you understand. You know, like there's some inside jokes that have become kind of like sports bar lore, like master stroke you know i mean when when rory mcelroy wins the scottish open i smile from ear to ear my first dark horse and he's not really a dark horse i think he's the favorite is rory and every even with that even with master stroke we have to reset it from time to time for for new people that don't know what we're talking about the ultimate mush that existed here in the sports bar for all that time but with leberfeld and reach he's the only one that calls me that so it's our little inside yeah. joke between the three of us. And he does, if you don't know why Dan Leverfeld calls me Reed, it's because he saw my Twitter profile. And on my Twitter profile, I have, as many do, what they do for their, their job. I'm a regional brand manager for Odyssey. And so he saw that title. Ooh, fancy title. I'm going to call him Reed. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but see, you couldn't just say brand manager. I am Regional. Well, that would uh, a brand manager was is is a title, sure, but that's not my title. This is my title at this present moment. 
Who knows for how much longer, by the way. Uh, let's get to NFL appetizers here in the sports bar. News and notes from around the NFL that we've got to get to. A couple of signings of note. Uh, the deadline for franchise tag players to sign long-term deals with their teams has come and gone. That ended at 4 o'clock. So we know of at least two running backs in the NFL that didn't come to uh, an agreement with their teams. We'll, we'll get into that and more next as we go around the NFL with appetizers in the sports bar, Danger and Bataglia on the Fan Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 